space and have done it. Nobody. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Clinch Podcast. I, whew, I am so excited <laughs> to finally be back and for it to be an episode um, I've been working on for so long and have worked so, so hard on. It has been a very oddly, very therapeutic experience for me through all of the craziness that's been in my life <laughs> lately. But I am just very excited to be here and finally, finally drop this episode. It's been so exciting and I've been talking about it for so long and it's here. The Conor McGregor series is here. Episode one is here. And what an incredible project it's been. And I really do hope you all enjoy listening as much as I did writing it. So without further ado, let's jump in. So I set out on this project with the intention to understand basically the science behind who this man is, who came from nothing to someone who is this electric polarizing figure in not only the MMA community, but has bled and seeped into mainstream pop culture. As the Irish have such a melodic tone when they speak, it's very sing-songy, it's very charming, and it's very, very captivating, which is who Connor is. Maybe not so much charming to some people, which I can understand, but you have to admit that the Irish charm he has is very indicative of that culture. So it's no surprise that he has captivated so many people with his sound bites over time. He is a global sensation and business icon. And I was intrigued enough to put aside my initial opinions and peek into his story to just gain a better understanding. If you've heard me speak on the podcast before, you know how much of a an appreciation I have for marketing and business, especially when it comes to fighters, because I am such a passionate fan and I wish that more fighters seize those opportunities. So to see someone seize those opportunities and see how grand they can become is of course going to intrigue me. We are going to go through many phases in his life, but I do of course want to start with Little Notorious. Connor was born in the Kremlin area of Southside Dublin during a time in the 80s where crime was actually skyrocketing to the point of like a general fear just weighing down on the whole city with some crimes even taking place just down the block from their local Garda stations, which I believe is the equivalent to what we would call a police station in the U.S., and though the crime rates were so high, I I still could not help but notice how beautiful the city was. To just see the contrast played very much into the personality of Conor McGregor. You have this area that is just running rampant with crime in the 80s and into the 90s and however it is now. 
and then to have it just laid out so beautifully. I mean, the actual city itself was supposed to resemble the Celtic cross. And when I looked at the map, when you apply the detailed view, you really can see it. And the visual is just stunning. So that contrast was just a beginning (laughs) of a reflection of who Connor is and what he was raised around to build him to be who he is now. He grew up in a working class area of the city and from what I've read, it seems that he took an interest in combat sports, specifically boxing, as young as 11 years old. But his athletic roots actually start earlier, <laughs> with him having a brief run at football, or as we call it in the U.S. for some reason, soccer. And after making that switch, he did find a home at the humble Kildare Roadhaven Crumlin Boxing Club. He joined at 11 and he fit into the sport like a glove and showed promise almost immediately. As he grew and fine-tuned his natural skill, it was just evident that this man had a star quality and champion's mentality. He would be something extraordinary, and he and his ride-or-die, Dee Devlin, who, by the way, he met in 2008 when she was just a young, sweet suburban girl, they would both be in a ride of a lifetime together on this life and MMA journey. Connor's first fight was on February 17th of 2007 against Kieran Campbell after, I believe, only about a week or so of MMA training. He didn't yet have that proper form or posture that's very indicative of his style, but he did have the essence of it. And his team was just unsure of what to make of him at first, it seems, aside from the fact that he was an obvious talent. So they wanted to keep it. They didn't quite know what to do with it, though, (laughs) at first. The persona was what might have felt foreign to them, and there was just no one quite like Connor. So they weren't sure how to approach a man who was so talented and had this persona with them as well. And on March 9th of 2008... A little over a year after his first fight, Connor made his professional debut against Gary the Dump Truck. Yes, the Dump Truck Morris, who now seems to have like owned his own gym, but at the time he wasn't necessarily, you know, hot shit, you know, but still. Connor had obviously had a very long time between fights to hone in on his skills and gross fight IQ. And Gary just still, you know, wasn't a guy that was a total fluke or a total flop. It was still a bit of a tit for tat before Connor debuted that trademark forward pressure and pulled that win. You know, so it was still a legit win for him. And after that, he did go on to fight many tough opponents. And I really did try to narrow it down to his just most exciting pre-UFC fights. But damn, it was very hard. (laughs) It was very hard. And what was amazing to see from my search was watching him just develop and carry and improve on his signatures, like that overwhelming forward pressure, like I mentioned, and his keen eye for striking angles and his timing, you know, just so to see that develop throughout his fights was very, very cool. And in his fight against Aaron Jossen, I'm 
hoping I pronounced that right. I apologize if I did not, but that fight was in September of 2011, and I felt like Connor in that fight showed how fluid he could be in his movements. He was just sliding all over Aaron and just moving with the wave and landing high volume strikes and from so many angles. It really was like he was surfing Aaron. It was incredible to watch. And his fight with Steve O'Keefe was interesting too because Steve was really going in for that choke. I mean, if you go back and you watch that fight, it looked like Steve could have pulled that choke. (laughs) It was a weird position, but it really looked like he was was gonna get it but connor just remained calm obviously that paid off and it ended up with steve putting himself in a bad position which opened connor up for a swift capitalization by writing down with of course those signature elbow strikes another signature at only 23 years old he fought dave hill for the cage warriors featherweight championship And this was actually at Cage Warriors 47. And if you don't know this already, this might blow your mind. (laughs) It blew mine. But maybe that says more about me than it does about you. But he won by submission. So he won his first championship by submission. Now, before I move on, I do want to take a second to describe the sequence that won him that fight. And then I want to actually get into the significance of it. So let's start with the fact (laughs) that the submission attempt was intentional. At this stage in his career, his signature posture was evident and he really showed his composure in his fights. He stands with feet square, leads with his hips, you know, back is straight and hands at a level that just keeps him ready for strikes at any angle. Sublime footwork. And submissions weren't necessarily a signature of his. Now, in that fight, there was a point where he set up a head kick. Of course, it landed and he went down. Connor immediately, immediately... <laughs> took top position and worked there and he looked rather comfortable which surprised me of course that may say more about me than it does about you but all of his essential body parts were were where they were supposed to be just down to the hooks he worked for the rear neck and choke of course got that and he just pulled it off first belt one john cheering with his team in a corner, Dee's crying, you know, all this time, you know, she's been riding for him. And, you know, this is the start of many championships. And, you know, of course, Connor jumps the cage and embraces his people. It was, it was a sight. <laughs> it was a, a really grand sight. One, the first of many, I should say. And Connor would go on to win one more fight under the cage warriors banner before, 2013 when he signed to paradigm and things would take off even further but before that came to pass in 2012 it was still a really rough year for connor and his team well maybe not necessarily his team but connor and you know his people and he was still trying to keep his head above water you know put his people on and people were watching and in the in the community in the mma community people clearly began to understand who and what that they were dealing with so that 
was an inspiring bit for me because here you are, people know you, people are excited by you, but it's not paying your bills yet. <laughs> you know, people see so much in you, but it ain't writing your checks yet, you know? And that was just such a relatable thing to realize about Connor in, in comparison to where he is today, you know, that, yeah, it really is like that. And people really don't understand nowadays. I feel like what it really takes, you know, how, how late the nights are and, you know, how big the stress is and all of that, all for something that is unconventional, all for something that is not a, you know, solid career choice. Typically, you know, he was going to be a plumber. He wanted to be a plumber. And he said, no, I want to be a fighter. Everyone needs a toilet for the most part, (laughs) but not everyone watches MMA, you know, so what a chance to take. And it was just very inspiring, inspiring for me to read. And it got me thinking about the aspects of his character, the aspects of him as an athlete, and just aspects of various components of who he is, and what made him stand out. And a few of those that I will get into now, and some that I will get into later, will help put together the puzzle of who he is. And first, I wanted to start with his hyperintuitive thinking. The eye for patterns to set up his timing, striking with level changes. People were getting an idea of his ability to become a star. (laughs) Connor was still as hungry and tenacious in personality, but he, of course, still had the weight of debt and responsibilities on his shoulders prior to his meteoric rise to fame and fortune. He's even stated that he had previously been on welfare to survive, which is the case for a lot of fighters in the beginning of their career, or for the majority of their career. He just had that something something special to lift him up and out of the trenches and not only become successful, but amass an incredible amount of wealth in current day. Though it took many years to get to where he is today, the persona was clear early on if you're a part of his team or when you watch the notorious film or watch his prior fights or anything like that you can see the build-up it's so evident he created that way he has done that intentionally um, he's made sure that everything that he has spoken comes to fruition which is so much more hard than people can anticipate it to be And with his first big check, for example, he immediately invested in his image. The top was already there. He just applied the suits and the cars to match. And he bought like these sleek statement-making three-piece suits and a demon of a BMW. I personally am not too much a fan of BMW, but I'm not a hater. (laughs) So... Um, It was a beautiful, beautiful car that he got, and he wasted no time in stoking the fire of the hype that followed him. He, D, and his team just fed those flames from the very beginning, and these were just indicators of the smart businessman and marketer he would become. 
when he has whiskey, a clothing company, a film company, a production company, and just so much more endeavors that electrify the meaning of his name. He has a pub. I So many things that are just incredible. But, but, we can't forget that this man is not all sunshine and rainbows. There is a reason why he is just absolutely polarizing and why people are so on different sides of the fence. I would like to think of myself as someone who doesn't really agree with his past behavior. But as a fan, I feel responsible to myself to not let that blind me from the success and the story that he has to tell. It would just be foolish And there are several other fighters who I feel like that about and I would love to do a series on. However, Connor seems to be the most polarizing. It is just incredible to me how someone can go from a sport like MMA. This is a sport. These are athletes. But then Connor said, no, he can be anything. And he did. He put himself in the food industry. He put himself in the liquor industry. He put himself in the film industry. He put himself in the clothing industry. Just so many hats that this man has worn and the community that he has around him, which we will get into. As I believe our man has some ties to some very powerful people. I definitely want to focus on all aspects of this man's career and with the fights that I just talked about with Dave Hill and and O'Keefe and just all these men that he's come up against and will come up against are just drops in the bucket of the influence that he's had. And like it or not, even if I like it or not, it is a captivating story. From the way that he trained for Jose Aldo, for the way that he took on Chad Mendez, the demeanor that he had, the demeanor that he had going into the Nate Diaz fights, we are going to get all up in there. (laughs) We are going to get all up in that. But you're going to have to tune in next time because that is going to be part two of the Conor McGregor series. I hope that you enjoyed this first episode and I so appreciate everyone's patience. And if you tuned in, I appreciate the hell out of you. I don't think you understand me. So let me say it again. (laughs) I appreciate the hell out of you. A listen matters so much to me, especially in the craziness that I'm going through right now. It means the absolute world to me. It's the coolest thing that anyone can do is just listen to me talk about something that I freaking love. Not necessarily Connor. I'm I'm not coming for you, Mandy, but I love MMA. And this man has made such a incredibly undeniable footprint on this sport and is continue is continuing to leave one and i can't wait to dive into his ufc debut the controversy the films the potential connections you'll want to hear about that 
and just everything. Uh, if you want to hear about that, make sure you tune in next time and I will catch you soon. Thank you.